Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, the owner of Peak Performance Training and Nutrition in Brockville, Ontario, Canada. I've got Melissa Denny. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? I, I'm fantastic. Beautiful day here in Connecticut. I hope the same in Ontario. Got a little bit of rain, but that's all right. We have a little bit too, but it's not snow. If you yeah. don't have to shovel it, I don't mind. There we go. So let's get into it. Tell us about peak performance. What is it that you do there? What do you offer? Give us, give us the elevator pitch. Sure. So I created Peak Performance out of necessity, actually. The um, gym that I was working at closed, uh, just demand in, in our town. Um, had a big group meeting with all of my one-on-one clients and said, where are we going to go? Um, and there wasn't really anywhere that they wanted, that they felt they were going to be comfortable. So we created a space. So Peak Performance um, was established in 2018. Uh, and it's a very private atmosphere type place. We're in a super cool old building. Um, and we do everything from personal training, online training, boot camps, nutritional coaching. So you have, you have a little bit of everything of the main focuses. You're not getting down super niche into like hardcore sports performance or, or specific stuff, but basically anybody who wants to come in is looking to be healthier and more fit, maybe lose weight, gain a little muscle, something like that. You, you have a program or a, a slot that you can fit them into. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's totally customizable. Um, I had spent actually three years with the CFL. So I did the elite athlete thing for a little bit, um, but that wasn't where my heart was. So um, finding a place um, to be able to do that's just been incredible. Okay. So you said that you came in out of necessity and that's one of those things that we hear in different areas. Kind of that story gets repeated. A lot of times it's, oh, the gym that I went to is going to close or, you know, so I got a chance to buy it or, you know, there, the gym I was going to closed as mm -hmm. was with you. So you kind of get thrust into it pretty quickly. Sure. Um, what were your expectations going in and once you signed the lease, once you started, you opened the doors, uh, how different was it from your actual, from your expectations? Uh, I'm sure it's said over and over again that people think that people say, oh my gosh, I should have done this forever ago, but I really loved the commercial gym that I was at. Um, the culture was amazing. That that everything about it was amazing. We really tried, um, but the model just didn't work in our town. So when it, uh, we got about 30 days notice that we were closing and, um, I went into this not knowing a single thing about business. I didn't go into this to be, I'm not a trainer because I like QuickBooks. I, <laughs> so um, I, I kind of just, I jumped in both feet and I've got an amazing support system. My members are incredible. I've got some um, chartered accountants that I picked their brain and um, some really great people in marketing that I'm like, oh, what can we do about this and, um, and whatnot. And uh, we just, we just kind of built it off the tail of the existing clients I had. Um, and now we're taking some, some one-off courses and stuff to be, just be better educated, to do things better, more efficiently. Yeah. Okay. Never stop learning, right? No, not all. It's, it's grow or die for sure. In right. the <laughs> right. so, so you've been at this only for three years and I'm, I'm sure sometimes it might feel like 30, but in the grand scheme of things, not very long no. and you built up quite a following I mean, your town is. 20, 22,000 people. So you're not in a big city. You're not really very near to any big cities, right? So you're not drawing from that. 
Um, but you still managed to build up, you know, a couple of hundred clients in person and almost so many online. How have you done it? What have the, what have been the big things that have just have gotten you there? And especially since you're essentially a one person show. Um, time management's key, really knowing how to leverage your time, um, sleeping, fueling yourself properly, meet, like even just get, taking the time to get my work, my own workout in, um, you know, we, we say it all the time as trainers that, you know, you're a better, you know, wife, husband, boss, professional, mother, father, uncle, and whatever, when you take the time for you. So that was a really hard lesson to learn. Um, you know, I, tried to meet the demands of a six o'clock and 6am boot camp and then an 8pm boot camp. And it's just over the three years, something had to give, something had to let go. So now uh, I'm able to say, okay, no, my cutoff time is this, my client base is this. Um, I do have a wait list. So that way um, when I'm able to bring on an actual team, um, we're really going to be able to fill them up with and eventually let go some more and more and more so I can be home for supper with the kids. But now you say when you're able to bring on an, an actual yeah. team, I know that you have somebody who's in an apprenticeship, yeah. Marissa, yeah. Um, but, and it, and it sounds like she's a rock star and she's, she's coming amazing. along, yeah. but that's something that we hear a lot is we have gym owners who have a lot of things going for them. And I'm sure that it, it hasn't just dawned on you now with this many people that you needed help. Mm -hmm. What kind of things have you gone through? What have you tried to try to find trainers, try to develop trainers? Like at what point did you realize like, hey, I could use some more people and, and how much of a process has it been? Um, well, currently, um, I think COVID's got a really big uh, play in it because we get some government subsidy up here in Canada. Um, and it's really easy just to kind of collect that and take extra time at home with your family or whatever the case may be, you know, travel within our country and such. So it's really hard. The employee pool is so slim right now because no one wants to work. No one's even applying. Um, and I work it on a basis of a private contractor. So you come in, this is your gym. You get the website, you get the app, you get all of these things. Um, you just come in, you do your job. Here's to hope when I don't have to talk to you about having sales because I'm assuming that through the personality um, questionnaires and stuff like that, that I'm bringing on a team member that has the same love and desire and, and all of those things and the passion for the for fitness but further to that they're hungry they they want to have that business growth they want to be a successful individual and having the training and the mentorships that i've had through different programs in rockville um, i'm able to pass that knowledge on which is great but no one's applying so it's been tricky in that regard um my uh she's we joke that she's my she's my apprentice and she's my HR and she's um, my schedule keeper. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do when she goes to school for a bit, but um, it, it's tough. It's super tough. And like doing Facebook ads and doing Kijiji ads and putting, no one really needs to read the newspaper necessarily with the age demographic that I'm looking to hire um, sourcing out from other gyms saying, Hey, have you got anybody that's looking for more clients, whatever the case um, there's a couple of really great gyms in town that um, are super collaborative, which is amazing. Um, just getting the word out. Um, but it's been, it's been kind of slim pickings. Yeah. And, and you're not alone there. And in mm -hmm. all the conversations that I have and in all the, the contacts and connections, it seems to be one of, it's a tough problem really to solve. And, you know, a lot For of sure. times we get on this podcast and we, we have answers to so many things mm -hmm. 
and you know where do I where do I make new people right we need a trainer factory um, but you have to be able to program them to be in alignment with your values and take some ownership and it's it's super hard and even if you want to develop people from inside mm -hmm. it takes it takes a long time and people aren't necessarily raising their hands to do it or you know some of your best clients have other full-time jobs and it's really hard to like pry people away not not the easiest thing if people aren't beating down your door so well and that's that's just it and those who are kind of at home right now still collecting like the the government funds aren't necessarily they don't have the drive so then you know i do i want them here so it's it's super tricky and i think that what's going to happen is gyms and but employers in general we're going to get to a point of desperation where we're just going to take a body we're just going to take whoever applies that, okay, I can mold them for, you know, to be what I want them to be or what I need them to be with, within my organization. Cause we're all going to get to a point maybe that we're so desperate for people that we're not going to be, you know, Ooh, they've got this certification, this certification. Ooh, they've done this, they've done this. We're not going to care. It's a body that's going to be like, Oh, I can, I can take off work at five o'clock cause they can cover the late shifts. So it's going to be a tricky little thing once things kind of level out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So one of the ways that you're managing that is, as you said, you have a wait list rather than to just dilute or bring on anybody or because I'm sure there are probably people you could hire, but not necessarily that you want to because you have, you have the, this big client base that you are connected to that you care about and you don't want to see that get diluted and, and take away from their experience. So, you know, having the waiting list is definitely one way to do it. Obviously, it also builds up a little demand and desire for mm -hmm. people to want to get in. But how have you gotten to that point? Uh, have you done advertising? Has it all been word of mouth? Has it been referrals? Like how have you garnered such a, a huge following in a short period of time? Referrals are huge. I really have the most amazing client base and membership base. I just, um, my business coach has, has used the, um, the term raving fans. You have customers, you have uh, you know, but then you get your customers to become raving fans. And I've got such a boatload of raving fans. They're just, they're so incredible. They're what makes this studio. They're what makes, um, what brings the culture alive and what makes it so communal and so incredible. So when they're talking about their love for this place and they're talking about the service that re they receive and, um, and whatnot, it's just, you can put all the Google reviews out that you want. And of course they're helpful, but maybe I've asked my cousin to go on there and put one on. Right. But when you have the real, with the real world people saying like, Oh my gosh, you've got to go see my trainer, Melissa. She fixed my back or she did this or whatever the case is, or that there's a dog there every day or whatever the case, um, little things like that. So referrals are huge, huge, huge. Um, and getting out, we do things like, um, community cleanups. We do things like, um, participate, um, in our chamber of commerce and our golf tournaments, stuff like that. Um, we have a really cool organization called the Brockle Women in Business. So I'm on the board there and I attend their meetings and it's just, you've got to be, my big thing is it's the collaborativeness and not the competitiveness. There's enough business in this town for everybody. And being someone who's very collaborative based instead of like, oh, did you see that gym down the street? It's not going to work for anybody. So it just kind of puts a negative taste in everybody's mouth. So they hear about the good things. They hear about the, the communal pieces and it's a very private gym. I, I don't, it's not like anything else that's offered in town, which is uh, super unique to hear. So people want that. Um, I, you know, I don't do the posting of the look how full my gym is type of thing on, on the internet because a lot of people don't want to be broadcasted that way. So I think there's a certain level of appreciation for, for just that atmosphere in general too. 
Yeah. When you talk about being collaborative, do you have any, uh, well, I guess the best way to say would be to establish relationships that are really like affiliations with other businesses, complementary services, like do you work with apparel stores in town or supplement stores or anything like that, where it's a real like warm handoff kind of handshake relationship where you have um, different services and products that complement each other? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, even the, on my website, specifically, there's a page that has like the chiropractor that I recommend, the mas massage therapist I recommend. Um, there's other another trainer that, um, that's located downtown that, um, you know, it, it's very a list of people that you can call and say, hey, I've got this client because we've got to follow scope of practice, right? And, and, and not being a massage therapist, but someone's just not recovering well, or they've got a tight SI or whatever the case is that's out of my scope to be able to help them properly. So having those other people, when they have someone that says, oh, I can't even exercise because my hip's so bad. Well, they fix their hip and they send them to me. So we have that really great connection with, um, there's a couple of physiotherapy places um, and chiropractors that I do that with. And we've only got one health food store here in town. So he's got my cards and I've got his and yeah. <laughs> you have gotten out, you're involved in the community, in the, in the aspect of you're trying to help other businesses trying to provide more value to your clients. And it, it sounds like you're not doing it with your handout, expecting other people to reciprocate, but the nature of the way that you establish it just makes it naturally happen. That's right. Like the idea is I'm on their website, they're on mine, I'm they're on my tongue and I'm on their sort of thing that um, I just, I want to be that present person in their mind thinking, oh, we've got to send them to Melissa. Now that we've got your back fixed or we've got your, you recovered from knee surgery, let's send you to Melissa. She'll take care of you. She'll get that muscle built back up, whatever the case is. Um, and it's, it, it's just an easy, quick, natural thing. Um, again, like-mindedness though, too, like that's, that's a really big thing is they've got to be like-minded. They've got to want that collaborativeness. So the way that everything kind of is, is established with you in the business and getting a lot of referrals and word of mouth and being that community leader and being active and in all that people who come to you as a business for the most part, right? We talk about either people who come to you warm or cold. The majority of people are coming to you pretty warmed up to what you do and having the idea of it. And that can lead to some traps. And something that we hear about often is people say, Oh, everybody who comes in knows about me. There's not really a sales process. I just kind of sign them up. Is it really casual on your side when someone comes in or do you still have a structure where you're trying to implement some type of consultative basis or prescriptive basis? What's the level of formality of that for you? It's actually quite formal. So um, when you come off the wait list, as an example, so, oh, so let's talk about a warm lead. So a warm lead comes in, um, the first and foremost, um, because I'm a referral based for the most part, referrals get in first when they say, Ooh, Melissa Denny works out here. Perfect. Let's set up a time next week. If it's, so that's a whole different thing. If it's a wait list, then there's more of a, a pre-questionnaire again with that time management piece where what are your goals? What are your needs? What are your, what's your time frame? What are you looking at? Where are you coming from to really get a feel of kind of like, am I even the right trainer for them? More of like a personality type of thing. If someone wants like, a, a super gentle hand holder, I may not be it. If someone wants a super aggressive, go, 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 I'm not it. So as, as we can be chameleons in as, as trainers, I really kind of pre-qualify those folks online. Um, and then we have the consultation form. We have the, the you know, 
Um, what are, we sit down, we have a big conversation. I have no business making a program for anybody until I've seen their body move. So we set off an hour, we talk about their nutrition, we talk about all of those things, but they come armed with those pieces of paper, with those questions. So we can be as most effective in that one hour that I initially give them. It's so that way we can hit the ground running and realize, mm, I may not be the best trainer for you, but let's talk about Ryan up the road or whatever the case may be, or Robin uptown. We kind of do that sort of thing so that way we can make, um, you know, make it kind of the best for everybody involved because I want people to be here because they love being here. I don't want to just, you know, think like, oh, I've got to be there for four more sessions. I want them. It's got to, it's got to work for everybody and I want to enjoy it too. Yeah, it's good to hear. And I think that'll be useful for a lot of people that think it can be casual and laid back. Now, there is, there's some leeway that you get when people are coming in on referrals or off a wait list and that's great. But really, it doesn't set you up for long-term success if you don't act as if they haven't, right? Because you, you might miss something just because somebody has some answers that you already know doesn't mean you skip uh, steps or questions yeah, sure. along the way because that's your level of professionalism, right? And that's, that's your right. reputation and that's your community. And it's good that you still act as if, even if you don't have to, right? You could get by probably with people like, hey, you want to get off the wait list? Uh, it's 200 bucks a month. Come on in. And if they don't like it, you just go to the next. But eventually that that runs out. It doesn't work and it causes problems down the line. So well, this is it. And then it interrupts the culture. And, and my, you know, my mission and vision and values isn't gonna be it isn't gonna be out there on the gym floor if I just bring in anybody who wants to come in and pay some money. Yeah, and that's it's something that I don't know if you learn that through trial and error or if it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting the head nod yes here that it, yeah, absolutely. it's easy to go that way and, sure and we're always doing a million things and you're spread super thin. So it could be easy to say, man, I could cut an hour or two out of my week if I just get people in and, and see yep. what happens. But and it's um, very hard, very hard turning down business when someone just wants to come in and like, oh, I don't, I don't need programming. I just want to kind of come in and do this thing. Yeah, it's not what we do though. We've got a couple of other gyms I can set you up with. I'll give you the names and, you know, but cause that's just, but it, that was a really hard thing was turning down that business. And, and, but if it doesn't work for what's happening here, then I'm not the gym for them. We're not, we're not the place. Yeah. It's just as important. And I think you, you brought up one of my favorite business books earlier when you talked about raving fans, it, it's a great book. And if anyone's listening you know, that hasn't read it, it's a quick and easy read and it's, it can be transformative. On the other side of that is, uh, if you've ever heard of it called the pumpkin plant. Um, and that book is about knowing who isn't somebody who you want or who, who you can't serve the way that you want, or talk about the 80, 20 rule, you know, the 20% that may not give you the satisfaction that you want as far as like the eight, the other 80% did because you're still in it. You're seeing these people, you're signing them up. You're not running away to some corporate office. You're going to see them every day. So you need to enjoy it too. And your trainers, as you develop a staff, if you're signing up, you know, somebody who's got a terrible attitude, but a pocket full of money, eventually that's going to trickle up. So yeah. I want to so. be able to be doing this for a very, very, very long time. And being a sole proprietor, I have the ability and I have the power to make my job the best job and love going to work every single day and picking and choosing is, is how I'm able to do that. Right, right, absolutely. And, and having been in that position myself, it's, it's a conversation that I've had to have with, with people about business and things and 
why do you or don't you sign somebody up? And it's like, well, I know that I'm going to have to greet them every day. And I know that I'm going to, I'm going to want them to feel happy coming here. And I want to feel happy about it. And we all know who those people are. And, mm-hmm. and that's, um, that's where you get into talk about contracts and, and things like that. Like generally speaking, most gym owners in, in the atmosphere where you and I have both been in the call it micro gym or boutique or mm-hmm. kind of more exclusive space, you really like don't ever want somebody there who doesn't want to be there. So whether they have a contract or not, sometimes it's just like, Hey, this isn't a good fit. And, yeah. and everybody's happier for it. It's not about, you know, just being a jerk and, and just having your, your buddies around it's who's a good fit for what I'm trying to build. Yeah. Especially like you said, you want to do it for a long time. So. Well, that's it. And just having that communal, um, uh, uh, the word just kind of fell out of my head right there. Um, collaborative, um, relationship with some other trainers in town. If I may not very well be the right trainer, I can say, Hey, you know, um, let's, let's talk about the guy up the street. Let's do, let's, you know, set you up there because I think that our time here is over. And part of the contract is like the, the casual piece is very much so like, there's a piece that says your trainer vows to, and your vows to your trainer. And, there's one part that says to be honest at all times and we're going to have tough conversations and it could be about the workout styles. It could be about the attitude, the atmosphere, the, whatever the case may be. And there's a 30 day, that's it. That's all I need from you is a 30 day. Listen, it's not working. Perfect. Let's get you set up elsewhere because everyone's got to be happy in the end. Yeah. And you're in a, you're in a small town. So you're going to see these people at the grocery store at, at, at the target or Walmart or Tim Hortons or, wherever you can see them. Right. So you have to make sure that in the long run, you're in the community, the way that you want to be represented. You got it. Yeah. You have a, you have a plan or at least a a succession coming uh, this internship mentorship um, to bring somebody else along. Is that going to change the numbers, the wait list, anything about the business right now? Or is that, is that just going to, you're going to keep things at the same number and just take a little bit off your plate? No, it is going to 100% change. So the building that I'm in actually has three stories and only the first, the the main level is being utilized right now. So we've taken some really big steps and got an engineering company to approve the load for the second floor that has not been touched in like a hundred years, literally. Yeah. So um, I can't grow my business. I'm at a ceiling right now. I'm, I've hit the top. I can't possibly take on another person. The only way my business is going to continue to grow with more revenue at least is to have another body in the in, in the gym um and with having another trainer in the gym's going to make money for me while i'm doing my thing like i've got an awesome outdoor workout space that we developed um this summer so i can have somebody doing a boot camp here i can be with a client and my other trainer can be with a client while the construction crew is upstairs like we it, when things all come in together um and the money's coming in because i've got that growth two people can train at once out there. Um, so it's going to be instrumental with having, having a really great team in here for more, more bodies. And yeah. So that's, that's the next big step. That's, that's going to be the future of where things are going. Uh, what's the long-term future look like for you as an entrepreneur? Is it always going to be this one location? Are you going to see yourself out the door into an ownership role and get into other things or are you just is this it this is your hill that you're going to stand on you know I, I love yeah I love training so much and I love the time and I love the relationship building and all of those wonderful things that comes along with spending an hour with somebody 
um, click my ruby slippers, wave my magic wand. Um, you know, year from now, I've got a general manager who's doing all that intake stuff for me. I've got an, a really great team of three or four trainers with myself. Um, Marissa's done school, so she's back. She's gonna be a massage therapist part-time, trainer part-time. You know, I've got, we've got yoga starting. Um, we've got a new yoga person on, which is amazing. Um, and the, the construction's happened upstairs. So we're able to do like group classes and, and whatnot. I, again, I didn't go into this wanting to run a business. I went into this um, to build a space for my members and for my cl current clients. And now it's turned into this incredible thing. Um, so I'm just, I'm gonna have a team that's gonna help make the money for me. And I, yeah, I wanna just keep training. I wanna keep doing what I'm doing. So you're gonna be able to be in a position where you can pick and choose the parts that you love the most. Yep. Those and still oversee everything. You're not going absentee, but you'll be able to delegate some of those less enjoyable things. Yeah. And have a little more family time, maybe see what the kids are doing in person. That's right. Um, <laughs> vacations, things like that. So, but you want to be involved in it for as long as you can foresee. Absolutely. I um, honestly have too much of a control freak to stand back that much. So um, I would, I, you know, and having, again, with that culture and with the, with the team that I have in my mind, um, once it's able to fruitalize, uh, again, with the support system and the, the business coaching that I've gotten from, um, from my business coaches so far, I can use like disc profiles and stuff like that to make sure I'm really bringing on a solid team that all is going to want the same for me. So, you know, meeting with the general manager for an hour a week saying, this is where the books are at. This is where we're, what we're doing this and this, and this is who you've got coming in. Awesome. Let's go for lunch sort of thing. Like just quick little team meeting and, and we can get back to doing what we love. Awesome. Awesome. So I think you touched on it a little bit earlier um, and we are kind of, kind of close to a, uh, the end of our time here, but I have to know a little bit more. I think you said that if you could go back in time, maybe to the point when your other gym closed or maybe before that realizing it, would you say that the biggest thing biggest piece of advice you'd give to yourself going back would be to do it sooner? Is that the biggest lesson or biggest takeaway you have from your three plus you know, years I, of business? I, I, oh, I, I, I sometimes think so. Had I not spent the time I did in the gym that I did um, with the organization I was part of, I wouldn't have met the people I did. I wouldn't have gotten the mentorship. Like our regional manager was just amazing. Um, I really got to know some of the corporate people um, and that helped, I, I still use some of the principles and kind of some of the um it, it's hard to not use the wording after spending that long in, in that world with that gym um i wouldn't have met the people i did i wouldn't i don't think i think i would have missed some lessons learned for sure um you know it's i got to see different facets and i got to see different styles of trainers and um and, and clientele and such and different ends of the business um that being said could I have loved being my own boss for a little longer than I have so far? Absolutely. Um, my biggest thing is just I, maybe believing in myself a little bit sooner um, instead of having days where like, oh my God, I've got to go to work. Thank goodness I've got these clients because sometimes, you, you know, the when you're part of a, um, a group of employees and not a team necessarily, that can definitely affect certain things. Um, so with... Yeah, that's a tough one. I think I, I'm going to go back to the lessons that I learned. I think that my time spent with the other gym was was appropriate enough. And this was a nice kind of little kick to be like, okay, Melissa, get this done sort of thing. Okay, so all things considered, as tempting as it is, you you wouldn't change anything. I don't think so. No, it, it, all of those steps brought me to where, to where I am. So that really didn't answer your question. 
<laughs> no, no, that, that's a great answer because I heard the temptation earlier and you're like, boy, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you could have maybe gone back to having that experience sooner, maybe that would be the kind of in-between, right? If you could have been at that gym sooner or earlier in your life and things would have happened and maybe you got to it a little earlier, but all, all things considered, nothing that you would trade. No, everything happened for a reason at the right times. Well, it it sure sounds like it's working out for you. Um, I think that there's a bright future ahead, especially with, you know, your plans, getting things in motion, having another trainer coming on, start of a group. Eventually people are going to want to come back to work. So I'm sure you'll be able to do that, whether you grow from within or, you know, you get somebody from the outside that, you know, just happens to, maybe they hear you on a podcast and they want to come work out with the view of the St. Lawrence River. I right? know something are beautiful town like ooh. Exactly. You just you never know where things will bring you together. So right. I'm looking forward to seeing what the future brings for you. you. Unfortunately, the future for us is we're just about done, so we have to wrap up. But yeah. before I let you go, where can people find you online if they want to see what you're doing, what your concepts are, maybe reach out to you and talk about business. I know that you said sure. you like having these conversations with with other people and you're, you're at the head of a group. So if people are, are looking to pick your brain, where can we find you? Uh, so P performance, uh, nutrition, um, P performance training and nutrition.ca probably would help if I got my website, right. Um, and, uh, P performance Brockville, if you search me on Facebook. All right. So peak performance training, nutrition, Brockville, Ontario, it'll be in the show notes too. We'll have it all linked. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate being here. I think it's going to be a great episode. Thank you. You are very welcome. And to everybody out there, we thank you for your time. As always, we appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. We hope you learned some things, got some knowledge, maybe got some ideas from Melissa that you might want to borrow. Uh, We hope that you'll tune in for future episodes. If you want to be notified, click the link in the description, hit the subscribe button. If you want to be on the podcast, We have a form there. Click that link. Someone from the team will get back to you. We think every gym owner has a story and we want to tell them all. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business model as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Destiny Owen. Destiny, how's it going? Good morning. Going great. How are you? Are you doing good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so kind of let the audience know, um, what is the name of your facility um, slash business and um, where are you located at? Oh boy. Okay. So, um, sounds like a simple question, but I own three different businesses. 
Um, one is called Shape Your Destiny, which is my gym and uh, my fitness sort of area expertise. I own Kieran Four Incorporated, which is more of my nutritional company. And I own Camp Shape at the University of Redlands, which is where my focus is on young adults. Okay, awesome. So, yes. Yeah, and how long have you, how long have you had all these um, businesses? Um, I began training in 2008. I opened my first gym in Rancho Cucamonga, California in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and then I opened Curin 4 um, about four years ago. Okay. And I opened Camp Shape this year. Okay, awesome. So you've, so you've still been... Um... Yeah, I've, I've been working hard. Yeah, you have, <laughs> right. Yeah, so post-COVID, you've still been opening businesses, so. I have. Yeah, I feel so like this been? is a great opportunity to do that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And so which, like, out of those three, like, which one, which one would have, like, your main focus um, right now, or do you, do you try to spread attention out through all of them equally? You know, that's a wonderful question. I think that that's something as a trainer um, we all struggle with because you know we sell our time mm -hmm. so we get into those ruts where it's like client after client and then how do you increase your prices and how do you go to your old clients and say you want more money you know so um you know i've just kind of really had to put a lot of thought into formulating different things that will work for different people so i couldn't say that i put more energy i put energy i put 100 percent energy into what's in front of me and who needs help okay okay that makes sense so let's talk about um first off let's talk about the the gym so shape your destiny that's the name of the gym right yes okay so basically what i've done is um it's quite interesting actually is when i first opened up my gym in 2010 um, I loved it, but I missed being with my clients. You know, there's a whole, a whole nother world when you own a facility, you yes. know, the stress on the weekend, is it clean? Is anybody in there that's not supposed to be in there? And, you know, so, um, after owning that for a couple of years, I decided to partner up with somebody else that really enjoys that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I like to be with my clients. I like no external things um i deal a lot with uh, corrective exercise so they need my attention okay so okay. so basically that's what i did and um i paired up with somebody fabulous and um, we've been together for many years now and then i also have a beautiful facility at my home that i build built with covid so people can feel nice and safe coming okay. into a very clean environment yeah okay got it so as far so as the gym, so are you there a lot at all right now? Or do you pretty much just let them kind of handle like running the day-to-day -day stuff? Yeah, you know, I haven't been there much lately um, because my children's camp just ended, yeah. um, but I surely miss it. So I'm ready to give my time back to the gym. So okay. all right, got it. Now, but, you know, um, I think it's important, you know, I explain to my clients where my time and energy is going and I set them up on my app with workouts. Mm -hmm. So um, they are always taken care of. Okay, awesome. Now the gym, like what kind of um, layout is, is it like a boot camp type gym or is it like an open gym or what's the model? So um, there's a key fob system so people can come in. However, we don't do gym memberships. Okay. Um, so you have to be 
training with somebody in particular and have a plan of action in order to come in. Mm -hmm. And this way we know that, you know, people that are coming in are serious. Um, they're following proper gym etiquette. Yeah. Um, they're cleaning and disinfecting. We can keep the gym, you know, very safe. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how we're, we're running things, but that's how we ran things before as well. So we really like to keep things nice and, and clean and tidy. There is a, uh, a yoga area, a, a weight lifting area, um, also like a, you know, a runway for, for yeah. sleds yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And as far as, um, the amount of members, amount of members you have, you have. um, what's it like now at like post COVID? Um, Ooh, um, you know, it's, it's funny because you know how it is when you're training and everybody goes back to school. Yeah. 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 It's like a ghost town. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. not a ghost town, but everybody's kind of changing their schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, but I honestly have to say that we haven't changed much. Okay. Um, okay. You know, we're going through just the mm -hmm. normal ups and downs of, um, of, of the, of a little bit too with people being sick you know we've closed a couple times just out of safety issues and precautions wow. but as of right now we're running pretty normally okay all right that sounds good so now as far as the um so let's say the, the boot camp that you have going on so tell me about it um are you speaking of the children's one um yeah yeah let's talk about the yeah. children's one okay. and we can talk so, about so um yeah. sure yeah, yeah. um so basically what happened was a few years ago, I was asked because I'm also a, a certified nutritional specialist and um, phys, uh, I do a lot of physiology work. Um, so I was asked to come in and um, be help the kids with their diets and coaching and et cetera. Um, upon entering, I wasn't very happy with what they were feeding the children. Very just more of a starvation model. Yeah. Um, so I decided to come in and really just put forth my expertise on making sure that the kids were getting the nutrients they needed. And so fast forward a couple of years and, um, I own it now. So this was my first year operating on my own and yeah. it was amazing. So basically what happens is we specialize in obese children. And I, I really put a lot of pressure on it this year because of COVID, Mm -hmm. You know, with kids getting sick earlier, I just felt like this had to be done. Um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't easy because nobody wanted to insure us, but I got it done. So oh, good job. Good <laughs> um, job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, basically, they come on campus at the University of Redlands for six weeks um, and they have an entire uh, macronutrient breakdown done for them. Um, a spinal assessment. I mean, the whole, the whole shebang. Um, they stay with us for six weeks. They do yoga. They do um, different sorts of sports, kickboxing. Um, they learn diet and nutrition. They follow a full curriculum. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we together lost about 120 pounds this year. Wow. And um, the kids all did fabulous. We had no students leave. All of them did great. Um, they get to try new foods, have cooking classes. And I mean, it's just a, it's a great, very rewarding. Yeah. It sounds like it. So like what ages are we talking about here for that? From nine to 19, nine to 19. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I have a 10 year old daughter, so I couldn't imagine, um, her being, you know, gone. So do the parents get to stay or how does that work out? 
Yes. So there are options you can do even for the younger kids. I usually recommend doing like three weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, but you do have parent days. You can volunteer. You can come in. And um, this year, because of COVID, since uh, I actually made a day for each parent and they were able to stay all day. So that way you can do the activities with them and and they get their technology time every day. They face they have time to FaceTime you and Oh, we, we try really hard to make sure that the parents can be as involved as possible because we want them to incorporate those things at home. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. So, so essentially it's kind of like a boarding type thing, right? So like they're still, yeah. okay. But, right. but meanwhile, we also work with the parents. And so we build recipe books that their children enjoy. So when they go home, they transition, they have the ingredients to make their own foods. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a whole family process. Yeah. And it, I mean, it has to be right. Or otherwise I mean, the, the there's no other way. Be, I mean, it would be wasted. Exactly. If, if the parents weren't on board and the whole family. Um, yes. So I'm sure that you run into some struggles there. Um, what would some of that be? Like, let's say you have, I don't know if you ever had a situation like, okay, you have a kid at your camp and back home, maybe they have a sibling that that's not obese Mm-hmm. Right. Have you ever had like what what goes on in that situation? Like, how do you get? Yes, not- that can be that can be a very difficult thing. Um, that's why I love that we do. So when we do have our parents day, we highly encourage, um, you know, I can think of many instances. I think that's a common thing that that children um, think of. Um, especially I can think of a certain, you know, a, a particular person with younger um younger siblings so i try to explain to them that although that particular person isn't showing um, any signs yet it doesn't necessarily mean that they're 100 healthy and as they begin to feel better i that's the thing i love about health is it's not just about what you look like it's what you feel like and then it's just a side effect of what you look like and as the students and that as the students learn that more they want to be a good influence on their siblings mm-hmm. and their parents. And so, like I said, it, it becomes a whole family event. And there can be a lot of temptations there, but since they learn the physiology of it and they understand why their body feels so bad, they don't really want it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a great thing you're doing too. So uh, now, is it just you um, that is doing all this or like, do you have staff, I'm sure that they kind of help you? Out I do. Um, yeah. I do own it myself, um, but I have a fabulous staff. Um, my director has been doing it for 20 something years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's amazing. My staff members, they all have a lot of experience. Um, I have a dietitian on staff, a psychologist on staff, a doctor on staff. Um, so we're, yeah, we, we are a team. It is not me. I just get to be the glue that kind of holds everybody together, but it wouldn't be happening without the passion of these people. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I love that. I mean, you have such, you know, supportive people working for you also. So, um, now kind of transitioning here, Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the adult stuff you do. Sure. So, so you do personal training and small group. Yes. I mean, I do a little bit of everything. I, I enjoy the corporate world. I really love, um, you know, I have contracts with like fire departments and police departments, and I like going in and bringing different aspects like 
yoga into, you know, recovery and explaining, you know, the kind of like the old way of looking at things and how those things are not true and how stretching and particular movements can help you build muscle. Yeah. Um, so I really like to be a myth buster, to be honest with That's you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would say that most of my work is corrective exercise. Um, I love weight loss. I deal with a lot of um, competitors mm -hmm. um, posing, like making sure their muscles are, you know, um, heal, you know, especially injuries and stuff yeah. like that. But I love working with injuries. I love working um, with people in wheelchairs or prosthetic limbs, mm -hmm. balance, um, things that change people's lives. I mean, you just, there's no feeling like having somebody you know, in a wheelchair and getting a phone call one day that they were finally able to get up out of their bed on their own for the first time in their life. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you know, I, I can't help, but my heart is there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Now looking like, what are you doing? Like, so typically like when you do these um, boot camps or, you know, yoga classes, stuff like that, like, are you typically like traveling to them or are they coming to your home or your gym or how does that work out? Like for the most, so all three, if, if the, if the person, so if I do kind of like small group, um, I'll take them to the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm working with somebody, you know, cause I do work with people with ailments and stuff like that. And they're more comfortable coming to my home, mm -hmm. um, especially with COVID right now. Yeah. Um, and then I also go to like school districts and hospitals even. So I kind of do a little bit of everything. Okay. Yeah. So you're everywhere then, right? I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you uh, how you get anything on the, on the schedule. Well, it's taken many years of practice, and it's yeah. been it's been a struggle. You know, I'm a mother as well, so that comes yeah. first. Um, yeah. But I what I what I've come to realize is if I'm just very open and honest with my clients, um, and I tell them, you know, that they mean a lot to me. And I share with them that I do have a busy life. They're very forgiving and they know I have my, their best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been able to hold on to some of my clients, you know, 10, 12 years, yeah. um, you know, but it is, it's, it's a relationship. And I'm that way when I pick my students for my camps, um, the parents have to be on board. Everybody has to be on board or it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So um, let's see. So one thing I always like to ask people, um, if you could go back in time and oh, give boy. yourself advice when you first started all this, what would that advice be? Probably to not be so hard on myself and enjoy the journey. Yeah. You know, I think that um, in, in the training world, we're competitive people. We're alpha personalities. Mm -hmm. um, we want more and we want more and we want to be better and that's okay. But we don't stop sometimes to really appreciate how far we've come, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. sort of like the, the client that comes in that used to be in really good shape, then they become so hard on themselves and they block themselves from getting in shape again. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just think that along the way, some of the, the failures I had, I wish I would have seen that they were all for a reason because, um, today I'm very happy. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. And, and that's so true. Like the failures, a lot of times we see them, you know, as roadblocks, but you know, usually it's, it's lessons, right? It's stepping stones. Exactly. And there's, you know, a myth that goes around. A lot of people say it 
like you keep getting like the same like the same obstacles in your way really until like you master it so that that's kind of like you know with the failures until you can learn to grow from that you're still going to keep having that come up in your life that is so true and you know i think gosh that's that that makes me think because i think a lot of times um you know when you do get caught up in that rut of training and mm -hmm. you know you you get so stuck in it you forget to stop and and kind of like relay out things and make the dream bigger yeah you know? and um then you can get burnt out and you have to go back in the beginning and remember why you started in the first place mm -hmm. yeah now the last question before we get off the sure. podcast um, absolutely what's like let's say in a year from now like what does growth look like for you like among among the three businesses you have going on what i my biggest goal is for my companies all together um in which they even though they're separated for legal purposes um mm -hmm. they're all one mm -hmm. um i really truly want to see the eastern and western medical worlds come together mm -hmm. um i know that sounds like okay what does that mean but I would love to be able to provide services. I mean, I do take insurance already, but I actually would love to create my own insurance program mm -hmm. um, in which people can utilize fitness because fit, I'm sorry, but exercise is medicine. Yeah. You can argue with me 10 times and I'm going to win every time, but it's part of it. And so that's my whole goal is mm -hmm. to make it part of everybody's daily life before you have to go and take medications, but also to utilize those medications in the correct facets. Yeah, that's so true. Very true. Um, Destiny, that about does it for us today on the podcast. So thank you for being a guest on here. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, for sure. And I know that uh, our, our guests will find this about or our listeners will find this valuable. And to our listeners out there, if you like this podcast, and you want to hear more, just hit the like and subscribe. If you're a gym owner and you want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link below in the description and apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, David Hernandez from Sudden Impact Gym in Fort Wayne, Indiana. David, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. It is my pleasure, sir. I'm dying to hear about it. Tell us about Sudden Impact. You got a lot of stuff going on there. Tell us all about the gym. So, uh, 
Jim's been my gym uh, officially for a full-time gig for me has been around for about 15 years now. <clears throat> I started my gym very small from the garage of my house where I used to live. And so it was a two-door garage, you know, two-car two garage. And uh, I basically bought about two to $300 worth of equipment. That's how I started. Um, never really thought too much about being a huge, big facility or anything like that. I just wanted to train people one-on-one. -on -one. I just wanted to get people healthier, uh, work with people. It was something that I just felt passion with. And then 15 years later, I'm in a 10,000 square foot facility um, working with hundreds of, of members. Yeah. And what type of services are you offering there? It's a lot of combat sports, but also some boot camps and some general gym fitness. Like, how would you describe that? Or what would you say encompasses all the things that you offer? So I first started in, in real fitness uh, when I first started as a competitive uh, individual was in the martial arts. And I used to fight many, many years ago when I was young. Um, so I loved the martial arts. I, I have a passion for fight training, but, um, after, you know, 15 years, uh, 20 years of doing that and, and just getting beat up and beating up people, um, I just decided to really just start teaching, but I also loved and had a passion for personal training. So I also got certified as a personal trainer. Um, so I kind of combined the two and started at the time when I started, there weren't too many personal trainers that actually also did martial arts. There was either just a martial arts studio that had black belts or you had a personal trainer, which when I first started personal training, personal training wasn't even much of a, a career. It, was, it wasn't really seen much of a, as a career 20-some, 30, almost 30 years ago. So now it's a huge career and it's growing so big. But um, so I combined the two and I brought in a small fitness gym with fight training at the same time to get people in shape. It wasn't necessarily to train fighters per se, but it did kind of evolve to that uh, after a while. So, but most of my clients right now, uh, I do have fighters that, that still fight and are, are going through the through the, through the th uh, fighting world, but most of my clients are here because they love the fight training and they love to, you know, it's great for self-defense, it's great for, for, for technique and everything, but they also love the fact that it's, it's hard. It's, it's basically a hard training regimen. So um, hitting the bags and, you know, learning how to kick and stuff like that, it does train different muscles and it's a great workout. So people love that. And then the fact that you can do that and at the same time, you know, leave class and go over to the other side of the gym and actually hit the weights, go to cardio equipment, do it all at one place is great because here and in most cities and in most gyms you either have to go to a, a fight gym and you just do your fight training there and then you have to go to another gym to do your weights. So here you get both in, in one. Got it. Got it. So you've had, you know, growth that a lot of gym owners could only ever dream of, right? You start in the garage, which is where a lot of us started, um, or something really small, and you've grown to this 10,000 square foot facility, 500 clients. It had to be a lot of years, hard work, there's some grinding. Were there any big aha moments, any things that, you know, brought you a lot of clients all at once or kind of supercharged your growth? Or has it just been slow and steady the whole way? 
It's been slow and steady most of the time, and that's you know most people's uh, way of doing it. But there have been a few aha moments, like what you said, and <clears throat> a couple of those took a lot of my time, a lot of my my life, my my family's life, where I actually started doing and. I do have kind of a secondary business outside of my, my fitness business. I actually put on events. So I put on sporting events and whether it's a 5k, whether it's a kickboxing match, I've actually now hosted 10 kickboxing matches, uh, boxing matches. Uh, I'm the one that now organized in the last four years. Now we put on and next weekend is our Fort Wayne fitness expo. So I'm the one that puts on the fitness expo here in Fort Wayne. Uh, I'm one of these guys that gets frustrated with certain things that happen. And, and to me, my philosophy is instead of complaining about, oh, they don't do this right, they, you know, they, they, they stink at doing this. My thing is, well, let me shut up and let, let me try it out. Let me do it and see if I can do better. Because if I can't, then I just, I'll just keep my mouth shut. So I started a, a little expo and then it grew to doing this little expo here at my gym, which is 10,000 square feet. And now we use a facility that's about 90,000 square feet. And it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty big event. So that event plus my other events that I put on really helped Fort Wayne recognize who, who Sudden Impact was. You know, Before that, a lot of people knew me personally because I, I basically go out and I, I'm the type of person that will go out to just any business, talk to people. Go any anytime I go to a restaurant, anytime I go to a, a store, I make it a point to to try to talk to somebody, and I don't bring up my gym, but if I meet somebody, I start talking to them. What usually do people say? Oh, so what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah. by the way, you know I do that, which is a slow, steady growth. But then when I started doing these events, and the reason I started the events was for a fun, uh, to do a fundraiser for for a couple of people here in Fort Wayne to help them out. And I did it out of the kindness of my heart to really help these people out. Well, then I kind of saw, holy crap, you know, I got put on the news and I, there, was a, there was a story in the paper and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, so, so that actually did a whole lot for my business. So then I started doing more events. So the event business, it's, it's a hard business. Um, it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning, but I tell you, it, it's done so much for me. It really has. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, it's definitely something that not a lot of people would think of, you know, um, a lot of us as gym owners probably get into that side because we were a member at a gym and we loved it and we loved the coach. And we definitely had moments in the gym that we were a member of where I, oh, if this was mine, I would do it differently, right. but not necessarily leveraging that into other things that we may have taken part in. And I mean, using your facility to start, to jumpstart that thing, to get it going. Like it doesn't matter what people are, they don't have to be coming looking for training. They're in your facility. They're going to figure out like, oh, this is here. Right. And that's right. probably 90% of the battle is, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, the biggest, busiest street, the best location, people will still walk in and say, oh, I never knew you were here. It's, you missed the neon right. signs, like whatever it is. So definitely a different trajectory. So you've, you've leveraged that. You've tried to, you know, to borrow a phrase, impact the community. You're out there. You're the face, right? You're going and doing that. So now you have a, a big, you know, some would say booming gym population, uh, but no matter what, right? Anytime, doesn't matter how big your gym is, right? 
you're always going to lose people. So you still always right. need to have people coming in. Right. So what do you do these days to attract clients? Are you advertising? Are you, is it mostly the events? Is it, you know, Facebook, Instagram, word of mouth? How are you getting people in to try to continually grow the business and offset, you know, just natural losses? Um, every single one of those things that you actually just mentioned. So, I mean, the events is great, but like, like, uh, I said, when you put on an event, there may be three or four months before you get your other event going, you know? So during that time, you have to, in between times, you still have to do your, um, social media marketing where you have to do your videos. You have to talk to people on social media, just send random messages to say, Hey, how you doing? You know, and, and kind of remind people, Oh yeah, David, you know, I, I said, I was going to come to the gym. Let me, and it's just all those little tiny things that a lot of people don't think about <clears throat> doing just, uh, you know, every now and then I'll go through my phone and I'll look for people that I haven't talked to in a while. And I'll just say, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Just thinking about you, just seeing how, how the family's doing. I hope everything's well. And you know, out of all those little messages that I get or that I send out, somebody will be like, oh, you know what, Dave, I need to lose some weight or I need to come to the gym or, hey, I got a buddy of mine that wants their kid in the Taekwondo program. How much is it? So I send at least every day I try to send out some type of message to somebody, you know, and sometimes I do multiples. Um, I will do email blasts and stuff like that. But out of all those things, you'll get one client here this day and you'll get another client here that day. Because yes, you always do have other clients that, and just like myself, when I was just going to a gym and working out, I'd go to a gym, get kind of bored of that gym, and then I go to the next gym, and then I get bored of that gym in a couple of years, and I go to the next gym, which I get it, you know, not everybody's going to stay here for a long time, but some of them will. So you do have to replace those clients one way or another, even though I love every single one of them that come in, I get it. Hey, that other gym has this that we don't and they want to go over there and check that out when that's that's fine but always remember as a gym owner that doesn't mean that that person's going to leave forever they're going to go over there and get bored and then at some point hey dave i want to get come back to the gym you know let me get a membership again and it's like okay cool you know and all those things adding up over the years will add up your members and they'll stack it up a little by little you'll you'll keep stacking up but the biggest thing that i try to do which you're never going to make everybody happy. But the biggest thing that I try to do is I try to just everybody that comes through the door, you know, I try to treat them nice. I try to respect them. I try to say, Hey, how you doing? You know, when I walk through the door and I see somebody just lifting and if they look at me and I'll be like, Hey, how are you doing today? You know, and, and just make them feel like they're not just another number. I'm just not going to put my, you know, put my blinders on and just keep walking through every single person that walks in or if I walk in and I see people, I'll, I'll, I'll say hi to them and make them feel like, man, David cares. Is, is I'm not just another number to them. He actually does really care. So, and I try to make sure that all my other trainers do the same thing. Will they? Not every single one of them will, not every single time they will, but uh, I do ask and expect them to do that, to make other people feel like this is an inviting environment for them. <clears throat> So you're leading the culture from the top. You're trying to influence. I don't know how big your staff is. I was going to get into that next. How many trainers do you have working for you? And what other things are you doing to foster that same culture that you're working on from the top down? So we have about uh, close to 15 different trainers. Um, about half of those do personal training and uh, about another half, if not a little bit more than those, because some of the trainers do, do classes. 
teach our martial arts classes and things like uh, of that nature. Um, so there's about, I don't know, between 12 to 15 people that work here. Um, and the, um, the, the thing that I tell all my trainers is drown your clients and anybody in here with kindness, just irritate them with kindness, make it to the point where they can never say anything bad about the gym, but you'll still have that one person that'll be like, Oh, that gym sucks, you know, but it's just like, you just can't make it. Like I said, you can't make everybody happy. You put a hundred people in a, in a desert for, for 20 days and you give them all lollipops or somebody can complain about the, about the flavor, you know, well, I don't want this flavor. I want that flavor, you know? So it's like, you can't always make everybody happy. Yeah, no, you can't, but the more people you try to make happy, right? The, the more people you help get what they want and make happy, the better things usually come back to you. So right. for sure. So you've, you've had a lot of things going on, have had your hands in a lot of things, more so than the regular day-to-day -day operations of a gym owner, as we've heard with your events and stuff like that. And now you're in this next phase of your career where you're leveraging some of your success. And I know you're a humble guy and maybe, maybe you don't see it that way or you're not going to say it. But now you're reaching out, trying to expand the impact that you can have, uh, working with some other gym owners, some other business owners in the community. How did that come to be? And, and how does that phase of your journey look right now? I've, uh, since, since the growth of my business and since I went to a bigger facility, which was seven years ago, literally this month when we moved into this bigger facility, um, ever since then, I've, I've really started thinking, you know, I want to grow my business side of everything to a point where I can leave a legacy, you know, just uh, something for my kids that, well, they'll never have to worry about what I had to go through. I mean, I started at one point before I even started out of my house, I didn't even have a house to train people out of. I was living with a friend of mine and, and renting her, her apartment room because I didn't have a place to live as a single dad. And that's how I literally got started, you know, then got to the point where I, I got a home. So I don't want them to ever struggle like that. Um, I want to leave something for them. But I know that just owning this gym itself and doing the, uh, the, the events is not enough. Um, yeah, we do great. We do well. But there's times that we still do have those struggles when I have to pay for something that's really expensive or something that's really big or order like a huge uh, bulk. Then we go a month or two where we're kind of like, crap, I got I to gotta pay this off because everything I have in my gym is actually paid off. Uh, I don't. I don't have any debt when it comes to my business. Um, my philosophy was always just buy it as I, as, as I bring money in, I just buy it. Um, so that's how I've always done it. Um, and if I do have a debt, it'll only be for like a couple of months. So if I buy something that's huge, I'll borrow some money from actually normally from myself and then I'll repay it within a, a couple of months, you know, but that's how I've done it. But I want to start expanding and, whether it's helping other people with businesses or starting other businesses myself, I want to stay in the fitness industry. Um, I've reached out to a few people here and there for years now, and I have a couple now, two of them right now that are really interested and hopefully that does pan through or we'll start something uh, more than just sudden impact gym. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, if that was your goal, from the get-go, if you decided, you know, I'm doing this because I want to help people, I want to be in the community, I want to do that. Like at a certain point, you can only, 
directly influence so many people, right? You can only right. train so many trainers. There's only so much space, right? Unless you get into, you know, now you get into a, a field house type gym, you know, some type of monstrosity that, that can be a little bit, a little bit ungainly. So you have to figure out how, how do you do it? Do you, do you get a second facility? Do you stretch your impact to talking to other gyms? So it doesn't mean one way or the other is right, but you're going to figure out the way that you're going to be passionate about, because if you can't bring the same passion that got you to where you are, mm -hmm. then it's just going to flop and why bother? Right. right. And that's one thing, like I've had a, some businesses that have even reached out about sponsoring our, our gym. Actually I had uh, two and now one of them is locked in that they're going to be sponsoring our gym too. So that's another avenue of growth, but um and that's something else that we're going to be taking to the other facilities that we do start because my goal is to start a couple other facilities, whether it's just my sole facility or somebody else's that I'll partner up with. So uh, the growth of, of fitness is going to keep growing here. And then we're going to be expanding outside of here as well. So I actually have one hub um, partnership in Michigan, and I have one that's interested down in Florida which that's my goal and has been my goal for a long time. And when this gentleman approached me about it, which I've known him for many, many, many years, and I know he's great instructor, great martial artist too. Um, I'm just going to keep that, the name out until it, it's all said and done. But I'm really hoping that that goes through because it'll give me more reason to go down to Florida. <laughs> So, I, I was going to say, are you setting up your retirement plan here? Are you trying to? Hey, that's where my mom lives and, and she's retired down there. So every time we go there a couple of times a year and every time I go down there, I'm just like, oh, my God, I just want to leave. I don't want to leave. <laughs> so yeah. or at least you yeah. do uh, summers in Fort mm -hmm. Wayne, winters. Right. In, right. In and I, I know it gets cold out there. You know where I'm going with it. <laughs> but being in Florida in the summer is no. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not the best thing. I, I think I'd probably take Fort Wayne in the summer. Hey, I'm, I'm from South America, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it over the winter. So, yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't have to shovel the heat, right? Right. <laughs> Correct. So, so as we start to come to a close, David, I think you have a, a lot of knowledge. You've gone through a lot. You've done a lot of things. Um, and it's probably hard to distill it into one or two. But, you know, we're always trying to push push the whole fitness world forward, get our listener base, everybody, you know, be able to help more people. So in your career, right, as long as it's been, if you could say maybe one or two pieces of advice that you would give to your younger self or to somebody in our audience, somebody who, you know, could benefit from everything that you've accumulated, what would you say, like just one or two kind of words of wisdom or, or real big lessons you've learned? So some of the things, and I actually I mentioned this yesterday with the with the uh, possible partner that I'm having here, and I, I met with her last night, was one of the things that I really, it took me a long time to figure out and a long time to, to kind of separate myself from is never, as a business owner, never take what anybody else says about you or to you or about your business or they come into the business they don't like it never take that to heart because it's, they're not talking about per se you as a person because they don't know you as a person they only know you as a business owner most most of these people so never take anything to heart and get offended by oh your gym sucks or oh you don't know what you're doing it's like well you know most people don't um and it took me a long time to to figure that out but also family family sometimes most people do not have a a self-employmentality and family may never like my family has never really supported me 
till I became successful. Then they loved what I'm doing, but they've never actually been part of my gym or came to my gym, but now they don't even live here to, to do that. But it took me a long time to get over the fact that my family never really supported me, supported me. Um, but I understand why. And as a business owner, I still love my whole family. I still respect them. They respect me. And I never take anything to heart when it comes to that. So because when you, when you, when you put your heart into that and you don't separate it, then you start getting animosity and that hate will, will eat you alive, you know? Just be happy with what you're doing. Understand that other people just are never going to understand you. And most people are not going to be your true friends. And that's, that's okay with me, you know? So. I think, I think those are some strong words of wisdom, right? There's, you can, you can listen to what everybody says and you can hear some of it, but not all of it is meant to be taken to heart. Maybe a right. very small percentage in reality, right. but figuring out that filter of what matters you have to know that it can't be everything right off the bat. It can't right. be everything. And if 90%, right. And 90% of the people out there are saying, Hey, you can do an awesome job. And only less than 10%, 5% of people are saying you suck. Then there's something to be said there. You know, most people sound loud in our heads though. Right. I just, I just know I'm not going to make everybody happy. Nor, nor, am I, nor am I here to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're just about out of time, but before I let okay. you go, where can people find you online, website, Facebook, Instagram? How do we find you? How do we find Sudden Impact? So all my social media platforms, which I do have all the major ones, are under Sudden Impact Gym, but the spelling is S-U-D-N Impact Gym um, or David Hernandez, but uh, Sudden Impact Gym spelled with one D and my website is just S-U-D-N dot uh, so it's suddenimpact.com. Um, you know, my phone number is 260-602-7039. And like I you know, to me, I, I love helping everybody. When I have my expo, I invite other gyms. People are like, why would you invite other gyms? It's like, because it's not about me. It's about fitness. So if anybody out there wants to just call me, text me, and just ask me some questions, man, my, my phone's always blowing up anyways. I don't care. Um, I'll help you out. I don't care who you are. You know, if you're next door to me with a gym and you're trying to make it, I get it. I'll come over there next door and help you out, you know? So I don't care. So to me, um, uh, if, 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 I, if, you, if you don't have people competing and growing the fitness industry itself, the fitness industry is gonna flop. So we need more trainers. We need more gyms. We need more recognition. So, yep. yeah. For sure. I appreciate that attitude. I appreciate your time being here with us today, David. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, guys. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for taking some time out of your day and spending with us. If you want to hear more episodes, get notified when they drop, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, throw us a like, a review. We love hearing all the feedback. And if you want to be on the show, Come on here, talk about your business, what you're doing, how you're helping people in your area. Click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone on the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. 
Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.